Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He's Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes. Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Coors Light. Mounting cold to freshman, made to chill. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also chime in via hashtag GiantsChat on Twitter. We'll get to some NFL news and notes, and then we will open up the dialogue with respect to the Combine, as well as the draft. A lot happening across the NFL landscape, but Jeff, probably the biggest story of all is some of the latest developments with respect to the collective bargaining agreement, because they are entering the final year of the CBA, but the NFL, as well as the Players Association, they're trying to see maybe they can get a new deal done, and then they don't have to worry about the uncertainty following 2020. So the owners have approved their side. Now it's going through the process of whether or not the players are going to approve. It clearly is a lengthy process. I think the most interesting part of this is some of the reports we're hearing about changes to not just the playoff structure, but also the roster size, whether it be the active roster and the practice squad. And, you know, that to me is maybe one of the biggest takeaways thus far that we're hearing out of these negotiations. And what, what was the number that they came up with? I know that the active roster, obviously everybody knows, 53-man, uh, then on game day, it's 48? 48, it? correct. Well, the and plan is it's going to go from 53 to 55. So okay. they're going to add two roster spots to the active, and then it goes from 46 to 48 on game day. Okay. So you still so, have seven inactives, yep. but you basically have increased the number by two. Yeah, you've, and also I, I read a little bit, you know, there's, there's information coming in from everywhere on this thing, so it's not ironed out completely, but to get to your question is there, they made a good one. And that is that, because we always talked about this, we're a healthy scratch for an offensive lineman. We used to call him the the all-inactive team. The guy that made 16 weeks of being inactive, right? Um, Never got a uniform on game day, but got paid. So they're going to be able to have this guy like a third-team quarterback, so if they need it, because what happens is we've seen it with the Giants. Uh, You're down to the nitty-gritty with the lineman, and then you got to bring a tight end to play right tackle. Um, So they're going to be able to have an offensive lineman available like a third-team quarterback. But this only makes sense because, you know, why not? The the money's going up. Everything's going up. You're you're going to be able to afford to pay two more players. Um, Then your practice squad is just as important because you've seen years past with the Giants where – you know they're they're really going into the practice squad to to feel the team oh, yeah. on the, on Sunday because of the injury. So gives you a couple more spots there. I know if you're a practice squad player, just by reading some of the thing, that's also going up. Yeah. Salary's going to go up. Um, I think these guys were going to make around ten thousand five hundred dollars a week. You know that's a good paycheck for somebody that's just practicing. Really Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, practicing. You know you're around the facility just like anybody else, but. That's a great way to move on to that 53-man roster, and it's a great way for somebody to snag you off that 53-man roster. So gives uh, two extra guys for 32 teams. Think about that. That's that. You know, that's another 60 players into the league. Um, whether you know it's a guy that you need another kicker for a week because one of them is hurt, you can bring another guy in there. So those are good things. And then of course, there's tons of other things that are going to go on there. The expansion of the playoff system. I mean, that's one. The 17th game. Interesting how they were able to. Paragraph 5 is a big one, folks. Paragraph 5, all the NFL contracts are the same. And I've got mine since the day I started. They're all the same. Um, paragraph 5 is where your salary is in. That's a big one. That's the best and paragraph And an important in one, there. too, yeah. <laughs> so when you hear of paragraph 5, that's what it has to do with an NFL contract. And now they're, they're, they're talking about paragraph 5 for a 17th week. 
is where you're going to be able to make that kind of money. How do you pay somebody in the 17th week when you're giving them a 16 week contract? And I think that they, they basically have said they're going to pay each player $250,000 up to $250,000. Now, this is what a couple things that in my mind happen. If I'm one of the guys that's making millions and millions, I'm taking a pay cut for the course, 17th yeah. week. But if I'm one of the young guys, okay, then I'm making, you know, I'm going to make some money Maybe for that a, 17th week. Now, bonus, is, does, yeah. is, is, ever, is it 250,000 up to two? So I don't know how they're going to class like a second. Is everybody getting, is everybody getting 250 for the seventh week? I don't know that. that I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I think that. 250 was a number that was thrown out, but like anything else, things get yeah, ironed saying, out as the yeah. process. But so, that was the way that they viewed it in the 117th yeah. perspective. Yeah, I, And I also know this. If the, if, if the players don't agree with this, this is going to be tabled now until next year. They're not, this is not going to be ongoing. They're not going to start talking about this again. There's, there was a, a dead date. There's a date in March. Well, because if they don't get anything done, franchise tags can be given out and transition tags on Tuesday. So, Jeff, that means that teams have to know how they're going to operate because here's the thing. That's a big deal. Oh, it's huge because if they don't get the new CBA hammered out before Tuesday, then everyone uses two tags. That's right. If they get the new CBA, now all of a sudden we're back to the old format. Everybody only uses one tag. So the, the time... Is a crunch right now. And the They're going to have to work this out. And the or other, and the other thing is, is that the June first designation is that going away? Is it coming back? I don't know. But right now there is none. So you know, there's guys on your roster that the teams would love to get rid of right now or restructure contracts and put that future money back like out towards it. But you can't do it right now. If this passes, wait till you see how many guys get cut here soon. Okay, and designated as a June first. There's going to be a lot of them um, coming through there. So. There's a lot of things that are in this deal, and I, I just feel like I just hope I just hope two things. Number one, I hope the players understand, and there's people that are guiding these players about this and making sure that this is something that they want, um, that they don't just sell out for it. I mean, listen, it's a lot a lot of money. The 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 percentage that the players are getting is moving up. There's billions of dollars we're talking about here. Um, and the second thing is, please, not so much for me. I'm a healthy guy. I can walk around. I can play golf. But please do something for these players. Uh, they call them the pre-93 guys. You know, the guys that really need some help with the pension plan and for retired players, some benefits. Give them some stuff. I'll take it. Of course I will. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, my point is that there's a lot of other people that need it more than I do. And there is a section. I know ESPN's Adam Schefter put together a nice fact sheet. Yeah, that I, the I NFL read that PA, last night. Yeah. And there is a part for former players and how it affects the pension and so forth. And I was reading it even further. There was one put out by FAIR, which is a, an organization that's been trying to get some money for the pre-93 guys. Because the pre-93 guys, really, they weren't part of the old the, the CBAs when they extended these. They didn't get a lot of the benefits that they, that they did. They want them included in that, which they... The, the proposal is that they're going to include everybody from 2012 down. So that'll include the pre-93 guys. Now, we're talking about pension money. So if you were to, if you were to receive $300 a month um, for every year that you played prior to 2000 and 1993, excuse me, um, now you're going to get 550 where before it was like 250 So they're going to get a big bump with that. And that's just, you know, so you played 10 years and now it's 550 you're getting 5500 where before you only got 2500 So that gives you an idea of how big of a bump that is. There's also, I read in there about college, they're going to help the uh, the retired guys with college tuition. Um, Which I thought was school. nice. Yeah. Um, they're also, this is another big one. This is actually really big. Um, they're going to have hospitals in the, in the areas where you live that are 
designated for you to go to for preventative health care, surgeries, rehab, stuff like that, that is put on through the NFL. That's a big one because you know what? Everybody that played this game has got injuries. And eventually, as you get older, they creep up and guys need help like this. And, you know, it's, 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 that's a big one. So, listen, we're going to find out a lot more about it once it's approved. And I know that now it's going to the, national, the NFLPA. They have to approve it. Um, the, every team has representatives. Yeah. Once the representatives say, yes, this is good, then it goes to a vote for the whole league. And then when the whole league votes on it, then it's approved. Yes, yeah, 75% of the player reps for the individual teams, sure. they have to approve it. Then Three it goes okay. to the entire body, yep. and the majority of the entire body has to approve it. So there's multiple steps, yeah. to your point, Jeff, within the NFLPA. Well, and I think that, you know, we talk about multiple steps. But it's going to happen quickly. I mean, just yesterday, the NFL owners voted on this because they were all convened here in New York to be able to – they voted on it. Um, it wasn't unanimous, but it did get through. And then the fact now that the NFLPA and their representatives have to vote, and like you said, they keep going through. So I would imagine that this is going to get done or not get done definitely before the franchise stuff comes out quickly, probably early next week. Yeah, well, like you said, Tuesday is, it Tuesday? is right here. I didn't know. What so, no, okay, yeah, yeah so Tuesday, Tuesday, February 25th, you know Jeff, so is the is first one day those, they give out the This is probably one of those emergency uh, deals where it could happen over the weekend. You know, they oh, get the 100%, players, you know, yeah. you know, so there's a, a way that the players are going to be able to cast their vote somehow or electronically or as long as it's not in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, a, that's kind of a, a jab. Well, I, I know exactly where you're okay. going. I'll leave maybe the political nuances yeah. of your comment to a, another day so we don't ruffle too many feathers. The points that you were bringing up, I just want to expand on earlier yeah. in terms of the roster changes, because sure. this, I think, is something that impacts everybody evenly across the board. So we talked about the active roster. Okay. Now the practice squad that you were referring to, the plan is it's right now 10, 10 players on the practice squad. It's going to go up to 12 this year. Then it would go to 14 in 2022. So they would progressively increase it. But here's the most interesting aspect, Jeff. When they get to 14 and even when they get to 12 this year, two of those practice squad spots are going to be designated to players that have no limit on accrued seasons. So the way I interpret oh, that, wow. Jeff, so I you could, could put in. correct. You could put somebody <laughs> I'm like going yourself. back on the practice squad. The practice squad. <laughs> no, because remember the whole thing was, oh well, we can't put them on the practice squad. We got to put them on the active roster, or else we lose them. That's right. Well, it gives a, a, listen, and this this is good for the players. This 100%. is hundred percent. This is good for the players because if you're one of those guys that cannot, you're not. What's the word I'm looking for? You're not eligible for the practice squad and you can't get a job because you're just what you said. I'm not going to put you on the active roster. You know, you're going to get the league minimum, which, by the way, those are all going up too. Yep. Gives the guy, and this is going to be a guy that's probably been in the league seven, eight years. That's kind of like, you know, that the team says, you know what, we want you to practice with this for a couple weeks because we need a middle linebacker. You don't know the system yet. And then you can come in here and play for a couple weeks on our practice squad and get some reps, and then we're going to activate you. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you 100%, Jeff. I I really love the fact that they're expanding the practice squad, and I like the fact that they're giving you the flexibility for those two spots. But here's what I would like them to do, and I brought this up on a previous show. I don't know if it was you and I that was talking. I would like them to have the practice squad and the active roster similar to the NBA G League. And what I mean by that, Jeff, is guys should come up and down 
without having to go through waivers. You know what happens, Jeff? Okay. The Giants, they suffer an injury three days before their game. So they got to boost somebody up from the practice squad, okay? Then, after the game, the guy who was hurt is ready to return. You now have to put the guy you just brought up from the practice squad through waivers. Yeah. He may get claimed. Well, if, especially if he had a good game. Correct. Whereas then you lose continuity yeah. because if you get, if you send guys up and down, it's almost like the practice squad is the equivalent of the G League where you're on like a two-way contract, Jeff, sure. and you go up and down. And I'm also still for if I'm the Ravens and I like somebody from the Giants practice squad, you should be able to still sign that guy off okay. the practice I ha- squad. I have, I have, this, I have, the, I have the solution. You have, you have the solution. I'm all ears. It, you know what it is? It's... It's a you can protect so many players on your practice squad. That's per fine. Year. Okay, so okay. meaning of the fourteen, you could protect seven or eight. You're saying no. What I'm saying is or, that at any time throughout the whole season, you have 10, 10 times to protect players. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so you it's that could be something. Listen, yeah, I, no, I, 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 I think know. that's fair. But I mean, yeah. so in this essence, in this situation, I listen. The the kid came out and played corner for us. He's been on our practice squad for six weeks. We've been wanting him to play. He did really well. We don't want to just lose him. He knows our system. We're going to protect him. Yep. Okay. So you're not going to be able to get him. You're only going to be able to do that. Okay. So there's going to be 17 weeks in this season. Maybe you only do eight. You only do eight times. You know, whatever it is, um, something like that. Like but eight I agree transactions. With you. But I, like I that. agree with yeah. you because you do you do lose the continuity of that situation where listen, but. Here's the thing. I'm all for the Carolina Panthers coming and get that young man off the practice squad if he's put back Correct. on Correct. I don't want to eliminate that. Yeah. Because and that's an opportunity to maybe get a real roster spot and for, with another it, team. And not only is that a disadvantage for your team, him leaving, it's also an advantage for your team by being able to go and get somebody off somebody else's practice squad. Yeah, it goes right? both ways. It does. It does. And, and I think that, you know, there's times when you see – in the old old days, we used, there there were there was players that would be hidden on on injured reserve, okay, yep. and and you know injured reserve you were allowed to you had to go on it for eight weeks and come off, okay, and so some guys they would they would IR all these guys and they and you're not supposed to practice you're not supposed to do it these guys were practicing there was like six guys that were like on IR <laughs> out there practicing you know yeah. and then the league never monitored it and stuff like that so and now the game now is completely the game changed, is completely yeah. changed. <laughs> can't so, get away with that now so, but there are there are teams that try to hide guys on the practice squad that you know they just don't want these guys to go but you know the scouts if they've done their job they're not out there scouting the other team's practice squad at practice every day they're just they've done their their due diligence on Joe Smith, cornerback from Ohio State, who's on the New York Giants practice squad. We did our due diligence on this guy. We need him. We liked him. We were going to draft him, but the Giants signed him. Let's go get him. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. Because most of these guys are undrafted players, or they may be seventh-round picks. For example, Chris Sladen. Chris Sladen of the Giants was put on the practice squad. Sure. So if you were monitoring Chris Sladen at yeah, Syracuse when he played, you may want to grab him off the practice squad. That's right. Every team is in the same ballpark. And speaking of injured reserve, the last aspect before we open up the phone lines here, this has also evolved over time. It used to be where you could just grab one guy from IR, bring him back. Then it went to two, which it's currently. So the new CBA, three guys can now return from Desi- IR. Designate to return. Yeah. Yeah. Three guys you can bring back from injured reserve over the course of the season. Now, you're still going to have to sit out that six- to eight-week window. That's not going to change. That's but, right. hey, Jeff, you're on the brink of getting into the postseason. You've got that third guy on IR. You already brought back two. Maybe you bring him back for the postseason. Classic example, J.J. Watt. 
Exactly. Okay. That's a there, good one. There's a you know you look at he he got yeah, designated. They okay. You know what? We're gonna hopefully we make the playoffs and he can come back and he did. Okay, and that's that's a classic example of that, and that's good. It went from two to three because you know before this designation, IR done for the year, right? And there's certain guys that you just couldn't keep around on the active roster because they were going to be hurt for maybe four weeks. So you can't carry that guy on that 53 man roster. So you were just forced to IR him, and you know, and the contracts. Nowadays, they have split contracts, and what that means is that if you go on IR, you're only going to get half your salary, which really stunk. I mean, when you think about that, you here you are, you're, you're, you've got a contract to play for X. You get hurt, they tell you we're going to pay you Y. I mean, New that's a bunch of out. BS. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just the way it is, right? But my point is that this helps the players again, okay? And, it, and really when a CBA comes out, the owners always win. They always win, okay? They, they're making all the money. They're doing all of it. But the fact is, is as long as the players – don't sit there and and just I'm just I don't like the fact that players if they're just going to sit there and take whatever the owners give you and force it down their throat. Hopefully they're going to look at this thing and they're going to take their time to do it, which doesn't sound to me like they're going to take much time. But this has been ongoing. This isn't just started last week. It's been ongoing for a long time. And I hope it gets done because you would like to have labor peace for a long time. You certainly don't want the lockout or a strike coming, things like that. And the players are going to get rich. This league is going to get rich. It's always going to be here. It's going to continue to be one of the most popular sports in the world. And, the, and it's just a good thing for the players at this point. All right, let's open up the phone lines as we move along here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Brought to you by Coors Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. Bruno is in Atlanta. He gets us going on Friday's edition. Bruno. What's happening, Bruno? How are you boys doing? Good talking to you again. Doing all right, Bruno. All right, uh, a couple of questions. A thought on the on the CBA and then a draft question. Okay. So the, the CBA, you know, you guys, I didn't catch the beginning of the conversation, but um, what do you guys think about, Jeff, you specifically at played, reducing the amount of training camp practices and whatnot? It seems like there's been an increase in, in injuries, soft tissue injuries and whatnot from a lack of physical practices. Do you think things are going to get even worse now with, with less um less practices or physical practices, whatever reduction they're planning on the on the training camp practices. And also as a as a, a you know, a giant fan, I, I do enjoy the preseason games because that's when some of these guys can get in the games and, and we could see a Victor Cruz in preseason and some of the you know, some of the other guys that don't get a chance. Yeah. Well I, that, I I'll tell you, let me answer I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that. The the proposals from four to three. The the preseason games. That's what I heard, that's yeah. what I read. If they had the seventeenth game. If they had the seventeenth game. Um so Right then and there, you know, the third preseason game was your dress rehearsal, right? So when is the dress rehearsal going to be the second one, I guess? Um, that's quick. That's a quick turnaround. I don't think that, that you know, so here's what's going to happen. It's all about player safety. We understand it. If you watch some of the XFL these days, you see some of the things that they're doing to help players that kick off, things like that. It's only going to matter. It's, it only makes sense to help the players as far as practices and things like that. You know, we can always say, oh, back in the old days, we used to do three days and this and that. And yeah, we did. But you know what? There was a lot of guys getting hurt back then. There's still the game has changed so much from the speed perspective and and how things are done. That's going to happen. And, you know, what you're going to see the result of it is, in my opinion, and we already see this now with four preseason games and, and limited practices in training camp, is that for the first month of the season, it's, it's bad football. It's bad, bad tackling. Ball, yeah. So you're going to see yeah. even worse football for that first month of the season when this happens. But you know what? It's all about player safety, and it's all about trying to get that 17th game. And the only reason they're going to get that – the way they're going to get that 17th game is to, on the front end, protect the players from what everybody seems to think that the 17th game is still detrimental because it's an extra game. It's health. you got to help them on the front end. 
That's my opinion. Yeah. And actually, the number of padded practices, Bruno, because I just looked this up to confirm, are actually going to increase, which would make sense because now you're adding another you team. You have to. You have to. So it's going from right now they allow 14 padded practices during the regular season. That's going to go now to 16. Which makes sense because if you have an additional game, there's going to be more prep work. And, and real quickly, Bruno, this is all so new stuff, but I tell you what's going to happen. You know, Bill Belichick was the, the model of this in the last few years is, is his mixed practices. You know, the team's yeah. getting together, and rather than playing a game, they're going to go and have combined practices. Well, there's going to be something in the CBA, the new CBA, that is going to limit how many of the times these guys are going to do that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because I have it right in front of me. If they go down to three preseason games, it's going to be four joint practices. That's it. Four com- okay. So four the, okay. during the course of the preseason okay. period. Yeah, so because they're taking away a preseason game, yeah. so that all you could do is four joint practices okay. with another team. And that's, that that's, be, those are practices, not practices. four. Not, okay, four yeah. Yeah, four so separate be, joint practices. That's going to be one. That's going to be one. That's team. like about a week's worth of, of practice. Yeah, essentially, that'll be with one, one week team. with some yeah. team. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much okay, what it's going to. Okay, Bruno, go ahead. Bro. Yeah. So, so you said, and just to confirm before I get to my draft question, that you said fourteen contact practices increased to sixteen. Now that well, we have a new coaching staff, is it going to be more than sixteen because we get the extra weeks of practice? Well, that, well you don't get extra. Yeah, weeks you don't get extra camp. padded practices when you get a new coach. You, you just get, get the extra. Correct. Okay. You get the extra week of preparation. And, and all that means is padded practices. As far as right. contact, that's up to the coach how much contact they want to have during the course of practice. It's just the limitations on padded practices. That's what okay. the language is. Yeah. Okay. Well, then my thought on the draft, you know, um, I, you know, we, we, we've invested a lot in, a, in the quarterback position, the running back position. We do need to protect that. I'm, I would love an Isaiah Simmons, but I see the, the value and the need for a, a solid offensive tackle. Um, you know, Eric Flowers is a nightmare that we're still kind of recovering from. And I was, I was curious, a question, um, were Chris Pettit and, and, um, and Gettleman part of the staff when Eric Flowers was, was being reviewed at the, at the Combine, and then, you know, the, the top-rated Thomas on some people's board is, is Thomas from Georgia, you know, local guy here in, mm-hmm. in the ATL. Yep. 6'5", 320, same, same size as an Eric Flowers, but, he, you know, he played in a pro-style offense in the, in the toughest conference in all of college football, played well, you know, sprouted that running game. So, you know, everything's going to depend on the combine. That's, that's where these guys are going to separate themselves. But, yeah, were, were Chris Pettit and Gettleman on the staff? Well, Gettleman, was, Gettleman was the Panthers' general manager when Eric Flowers was drafted in 2015. Yeah, so that, he okay. wasn't here. So, now, Pettit was a scout. Yeah. Because he's been a scout for well over a decade with the Giants, but he wasn't in yeah. the he wasn't in the uh, he wasn't in the building. He was a scout. Correct. He yeah. was out on the road. That's yeah. what Pettit yeah. did before he took over as the director of college scouting. Yeah. So the the reason for that question is what lesson? I'm just wondering what lessons were learned with the Eric Flowers mistake, and how can we avoid that? Well, you can't. I mean, listen, it, it, nothing's a proven science, right? So I mean, you gotta you gotta understand. You put a belief in your system that you're going to be able to draft a guy that you feel is a, is worthy of the number one draft pick. And then he can pan out, but it doesn't always happen. So, you know, you can go back and blame the scouting department for that. But I think more importantly, you got to look at the player. I mean, you look at Eric Flowers and what happened with him. You know, he just didn't pan out because there was a lot of things that was wrong with him. He just wasn't yeah. that good at the pro level. Well, now, now could it be that they played him in the wrong position? Because it seemed to be that he played pretty good at guard last year for the for the Redskins. Seemed to be a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> Here's the other thing, Bruno, before we let you continue. Sorry. To Jeff's point, and, and I think Jeff is spot on in my opinion, I could also make the argument you know, the Giants haven't had a 100% success rate with all of their draft picks. So forget the lessons from Eric Flowers. You could argue there's lessons from all different types of players. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But is it fair to say that 
And, you know, without trashing him, because I've said it before, you know, Jerry Reese, I, I can't trash him 100%. The guy brought us two Super Bowls. He was part of the, the, the leadership that drafted that. You know, he made a lot of mistakes, too, though. Did he take a lot of chances on athleticism? You know, JPP worked out, but was, was Eric Flowers a reach? Well, listen, to say yeah, it's hindsight, a reach— Hindsight's 2020. Well, hindsight's 2020, but, you know, Jeff and I are not necessarily privy to the conversations that were going <laughs> on in the meeting room. No, so, you know, if they were scouting him at the time and they thought very highly of him and appreciate the phone call, Bruno, thanks, thanks so much Bruno. for weighing in, it's hard to say that's a reach, Jeff, because if you feel good about a player, once again, it doesn't mean the player is going to pan out, but you do your due diligence and you make the selection. I will say this. When they parted ways with Jerry Reese, I think maybe it was the year prior— John Mara in one of his press conferences, I don't have the transcript in front of me, so I'm paraphrasing the point. I want to make that very clear. He, if I recall, Jeff, during his press conference with the media said that the Giants can't afford to take as many chances. He said something to the fact about that they can't roll the dice with some of these players. And he was referring to the recent Giants draft track record. So I think they were aware of that in terms of lessons learned from some of the players. And that wasn't just necessarily first-round picks. That was the entire draft class overall in terms of third-rounders, fourth-rounders, that they can't take flyers on guys maybe just because they see potential. More proven commodities based on what they did in college. Sure. And I that would, was certainly a part of the conversation. And I will tell you that if you sat down 32 general managers and said, give me your, your opinion on Eric Flowers, first-rounder, no, second-rounder, what? Not all 32 are going to agree with you. There's going to be some that says I would have never taken him, and there's some that said I would have absolutely taken him. It's all a matter of opinion, evaluation yeah. for each organization. You hope that you can get a, a, a Baselli, okay, a guy that you're going to have. A, and that's – I'm looking for that guy. I mean, I've said this on the air. My whole thing for the draft this year, I, I know there's going to be a lot of wide receivers. Somebody's saying there's going to be 30 wide receivers taken in this draft this year. That gives me an idea that I, I can still get a good wide receiver later in the second round. But my first round, I've and it's what Bruno said, you invested in a quarterback, you've invested in a running back, you've got to invest in a Tony Baselli left tackle, okay? Move Solder to right tackle if you have to. But my point is to build that offensive line and get that offense going. And we talk, you know, we talk about Jason Garrett being here. Jason Garrett is from Dallas. What did they do at Dallas? They built that offensive line behind, in front, excuse me, in front of Ezekiel Elliott. And what did they do? And in front of Romo and Dak Prescott, and too. They, yeah. there's your, there's your, your whole thing right there. i got to believe that that's gonna, where they're going to go. Well, and they did it in the draft. I think that's, that's what important I'm saying. to know, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. yeah, They didn't tackle it in free agency. No, I don't want it in free agency. They did it in the draft. I want it in the draft. I want a young guy. I want him to come in here. But you know what? It's not a sure science. Well, that's the important key of what but you're what saying. But what you said about, let's go back and look at a little bit more of concrete evaluation and, and so that we don't have to take a chance, as as Jerry Reese said, on, we can't take a chance on some of these guys. You're going to have to go in and do your evaluation on these. But you know what? Bottom line, it comes down to the player. The guy might get drafted in the first round and get all this money and decide, you know, I'll, I'll give you a classic example of what I'm saying to you. When I was with the Philadelphia Eagles, we drafted a guy by the name of Antonio or um, Antone Davis. Okay, we call him Anton. He weighed 350 pounds. <laughs> okay, he was a he was a, uh, a an offensive tackle. Okay, he came out later to say that he did not want to play football, but he was going to take his first round money, play his four or five years, and he was done. That's what he did. That was his mindset. Can you believe that? I mean, that that so that's what you got to guard against. Well, and it's <laughs> sometimes it's hard to 
identify that, Jeff. You, you could have a conversation with a guy at the Combine coming up this week, and he can wow you. No question. And then all of a sudden, you bring him in the facility, and then the work ethic is not what and you I anticipated. S- oh, here you go, Lance. Here's your here's your $15 million. Okay. <laughs> you gotta Thank you. I'm going to run to the bank. Stick it out for four years for me. Okay, great. You know, after the third year, you're thinking, my God, this guy is horrible. What is he doing? Well, he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play football. He's got $15 million in the bank, though. See you later. You just you hopefully that's what these interviews are all about. But they still the interview he can he can woe you. Wow, you know these guys are coached up. It's incredible. You yeah. hope that doesn't happen. But it's hard to guard against it, it is. even if you it do is. all your homework, because sometimes there's twists and turns. I do want to go back to your point about the Cowboys, and you're 100 percent right. Dallas said to itself, "We're going to be a run team, and we're going to be a team which is prolific on offense. And the way we do it is we get back to how we won Super Bowls, which yeah. was that huge offensive Smith line, Larry and, Allen, yep, yeah. right? All those big guys. You know who we're talking about. So Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick." You know, little by little, they would add another piece. But the key is, though, Jeff, those guys actually panned out. They did. And gave tremendous return, okay? Unbelievable return. So you and I could sit down in our war room, and you and I could be on the same page, Jeff, and we could say, hey, we need to address the offensive line. And for the next three years, we're going to try to go after the best offensive lineman on our board. Okay, but there's no guarantee that the guy turns into... Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and Tyron Smith. That's my point. And here's the other thing. When you talk about this now, so what? How do we combat against that? It's experience, right? So, oh, I know about this guy coming out of college. He could be the biggest bust ever. So, where are you going to go? Oh, I'm going to go get a guy that is proven playing the National Football League. I'm going to go get that free agent. I'm going to pay him all that money. But then, what happens to free agents? They've already played four or five years in the league. Okay, they're sustainable. They they can get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have a great and they eat up cap space too, and they eat a huge. So there's pros and cons both ways. It's a very hard and difficult thing to do. So that the fan has to understand that it's not a perfect science, and you're just basically the Cowboys got extremely lucky. And you know what? They didn't do anything about it. They didn't win any world championship. They barely made the playoffs with those guys. So, I mean, hopefully the Giants can improve on that, and I think that you know they will. Well, that brings us to an interesting conversation in terms of. Free agency versus the draft, because that's this time of the year. This is the debate that happens. And I will say this. We're going to get phone calls after phone calls. We've already received phone calls, Jeff, about fans have their interpretation of, with the fourth pick, I want to go offensive lineman. Not necessarily player. They just want to go with a specific position. Okay. If you look at this Giants roster right now, and you were to ask yourself, where is the biggest void, Mm -hmm. Jeff? Meaning, where do they need a playmaker? Forget... That's who easy. you love in well, terms easy. of college. That's okay. Easy. Well, what would your answer be? It's on the defensive side of the And football. I am completely with you. So okay. That's, that's an easy one. So the reason I'm bringing that up is while Mike Remmers is a free agent and was a nice guy to fill in, but not necessarily a long-term Correct. answer because he's a seasoned veteran and he's not at the beginning of his career, so you need an answer at right tackle. And maybe Nick Gates is the answer, okay? Let's not rule that out. But remember, this is part a, of the conversation. But least. Mark Colombo and Joe Judge, and they may not like him. But one, no, they may not. But yeah. one thing you do have to your advantage here is that Dave Gettleman brought him in here. Dave Gettleman had a say in him staying on this team last year. Yeah. So that does make a difference. Correct. And now it's whether or not the coaching staff sees right. it through the same yeah. lens yeah. to your point. And I've said this before. I do not mind that the fact that Mark Colombo, uh, a veteran in this league and a coach in this league, this coach. So he, Colombo just didn't come out of the NFL, retired last year and come into coaching. He's been coaching. I like the fact that, that he's coaching this offensive line that can he can help make that decision about Gates. Is Nick Gates your guy? 
Colombo, is that is your guy? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't really. I'm not. Too, okay, then we're out. We're going to get somebody. Yeah, and then you go oh, in a different direction. So no. back to your well, point. I'm sorry. They have to. No, no worries. It's, it's all related. That's why one of the first things that happens, Jeff, is as a GM, you sit down your coaching staff and say, guys, hit the film. I want to know your opinion That's on right. every Evaluation. single player on this roster. Exactly. And then we go from there. So back to my point. My point is, while offensive line, you can argue, is in need, meaning because you don't know what's going to happen with Remmers, you don't know what's okay. going to happen if they move Solder to another side, there's no guarantee that's going to happen, and Solder's under contract. So right now, there's not a hole at left tackle. No, From there's not. From a legitimate standpoint, he's the left tackle until they make a change. I would argue they're more in need of a playmaker that, to me, would make more of an impact on this team on defense than they are on offense. If you were to ask me just from a positional side of the ball standpoint, and that doesn't mean that you go defense at the fourth overall pick, but Jeff, if I'm looking at my board, okay, and I get to the fourth overall pick and I've got a highly ranked offensive player and a highly ranked defensive player, based on the need of this team and what, to me, would have a significant impact— I would go in the direction of the defensive player because I think there is an immediate plug-in opportunity okay. for that rookie. And you are from the mindset of need. You're drafting them on need. Well, a combination. I mean, okay. no, like but, I said, but, the, the player's got to be highly ranked on my board. Well, the, I'm not just but, settling for that player. But, but I, I guess the I'm player a, still has to be in conjunction. But on my board, I can't yeah. have at number four two players ranked the same. Like okay, Simmons, well, okay, th these guys have to, one has to be above the other. If I'm ranking them as far as my ability, that's so, fair. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't know how the Giants are going to draft this year, whether it's from a need perspective or from a rankings best player on the board perspective. So yes, I kind of I totally agree it's defense. Okay, however, it may be completely opposite the way that we're thinking that the Giants are saying to themselves, we have a tackle, say the kid from Georgia, ranked higher than Simmons. And we're going to go with that guy because that's how we're going to do it. I, I wouldn't be upset no, with that. No, because the logic behind that makes 100% sense. There I'm you with go. you there. I'm just saying that while I think a lot of people are caught up in the offensive line conversation, let's not overlook the fact that regardless of what happens with the offensive line heading into next season, this defense is still in need of playmakers. 100%. Plural, 100%. Especially yeah. with Golden being a free agent. So he has a question mark next to him. And then you wind up losing it. Leonard Williams is a free agent. If you then lose those guys, let's say, then the need for a playmaker, Jeff, skyrockets even yeah. more. Does it yeah. not? No. Yeah, absolutely. So th that's why I don't get so caught up in, well, they've got to take an offensive tackle with the number four overall pick. I get it. I get uh, it. That, I, that was my larger point. Here. And, I, and, I, and I, I shouldn't get caught up in that either. I guess it's, it's more for me. It's like, okay, I understand the need on defense. I really do because when you look at this defense and what they did last year, the last two years, it needs a lot of help. Okay, well, Patrick Graham is going to hopefully be brought in here to help that. And really, when you look at it from a 3-4 perspective, okay, which is seems to be what that's what they're going to play, uh, more of a multiple, if you will, um, but to me, I just a firm believer that when you got your franchise quarterback and your generational running back that's in the backfield to what is going to impact more in today's game offensively or is that I got to go offense, but I would not sit here and be mad at you. If you took an impactful player on defense, maybe a Simmons. Okay. Um, I don't know where the edge rushers are. Well, listen, we're not going to get young, but maybe if he ever dropped, you would take him instantly. Oh, Chase Young, <laughs> you're referring to, yeah. So I think that I would not be 
mad at you if you went the defensive side. Now, I think the more importantly, put the cart before the horse is the fact that we're looking at free agency very soon, and we're looking at a franchise tag, transition tags. If the CBA doesn't get extended, then there's going to be two tags. If it does get extended, they're only back to one. Who are you going to do there? But Leonard Williams and Marcus Golden are two guys you have to, you're going to have to try to get one of those guys. And I think that Williams makes more sense than Golden because of what you gave up for him. Well, of course, there's always that factor. But once again, you also need to hear to your point from the coaching staff. What does this new coaching staff think of Leonard Williams? Remember, none of these guys were here, Jeff. Yeah. What does Patrick Graham think of Leonard Williams? He was not coaching him nope. this year. Nope. So, you know, where is he in terms of Leonard Williams? Yeah. Interestingly, connected to what you just brought up, I was asked this question on social media, and I did respond Good with respect you. to— Well, no, nice it, was a, it was a valid question. I so, usually don't. So <laughs> a valid question I will certainly <laughs> entertain, and also a— uh, respectful back and forth, which is always nice and refreshing. Rare, but it was always nice. With respect to, well, where do you think the Giants are going to go in free agency versus the draft based on the depth of various positions? But as you mentioned, Jeff, if somebody asked me, well, what does the depth look like at pass rusher, which you could argue is a need for the Giants? It's hard for me to answer that right now because what happens if the four guys, as we bring up the free agents list here, if they get tagged? I mean, for example, at edge rusher, Clowney, Barrett, and Gakwe Armstead. Okay, okay those are the, the top two four. Of, two of the four are getting franchised. You know they're going to. Barrett, Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay's coach. Now, once again, you could say things in the media. It doesn't come to fruition. He says he ain't going anywhere. I, I mean, would, I'm paraphrasing. Why him. would he? Well, I mean, the, the guy only had, what, 19 and a half sacks this yeah, year? Okay. So, now, in Gakwe, Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of cap space, but that doesn't mean that they can't perhaps tag him. The Seahawks, to your point, gave up assets for Clowney. So... You know, doesn't that come into the thinking? Do you want to rent them for a season? Or don't you want to keep them, right? Well, it's so, for maybe one more season. Yeah, I mean, there's listen, another guy. The Seahawks are primed to make a run. They're, they need they need him. They 100%. Need him yeah. yeah. And then Armstead, who is part of that group of rotational defensive linemen for the Niners. So, for all we know, maybe the top three guys on this list that I just read, Jeff, they don't even hit the free agent market okay. by the time Tuesday comes. Now... If you're the Giants and you're evaluating and those four guys were here on the board, for those of us watching on camera, and then as I move my hand down lower, now there's a distinct drop-off. Maybe now you don't go after that position in free agency, right? Because then you feel we're chasing guys. We don't really think they're going to deliver. So now the necessity to find a guy in the draft, I think, changes. We won't know a lot of those answers until you can start giving out the tags and whether or not the new CBA comes into play. Because now if a team goes from being able to use one tag as opposed to two, doesn't that now change how many guys are going to be accessible in free agency? So it's very hard, my point is, and I know I gave a long-winded answer, it's very hard for me to answer a question for somebody that wants to know, well, what's the depth like at this position? Let me see what happens with the tags. The tags is going to change anything sure, and everything with respect to the depth at any given position. At any given position. Yeah. I mean... All um, positions, not just defensive lineman, edge rusher, across the board. Um, you know, and you could look, certainly you have a young depth at cornerback position for this defense. I mean, I think that's one that's one area you may uh, go drafting, you know? I mean, listen, the Jeff, oh, how do you say, Oku, Okuda? Okuda, the cornerback for Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. He may be there with that fourth pick. He could. Um, would I be upset about that? No, because it's defense, and I think that you know you got a bunch of young guys there, and he would certainly be a day one starter, a guy that's going to be, you know, he's going to be your number one guy. And then you got you got um, Baker, who listen the last quarter of the season proved that he was a number one draft pick. 
he's going to get that much better. And I feel like the secondary coach, Jerome Henderson, and you've got um, Blevins. These two guys, the two two new coaches coaching that position, are going to coach these kids up. And I actually got to talk talk to Henderson last week about that secondary. And he, he said, "I think I think I'm going back to kindergarten." He <laughs> says, "These guys are so young." Oh yeah. I mean, he was just looking down. He's going, "I don't got nobody there." I mean, it's like whoa, and just watching these guys. Yeah. You well, know, it's like how, being back in college. It's it's unbelievable. So I feel like you know he's got a he's got definitely a, the road ahead of him there. But it'd be great to get some. You know, if you go draft. Uh, the guy from Ohio State, you're going to have another young guy. Another young guy, but, yeah. but, you know, so I think that I wouldn't be mad at you, but I feel like the depth at any of these positions is going to be undetermined sooner or later. We're going to find out by Tuesday, that's for sure. But I, I think the biggest premise here is that if you listen to what John Mara had to say at some recent press conferences, they remember 2016. They remember that offseason, Jeff. Sure. And they know that while it's nice to throw money at the wall and land some of those big fish, and which the Giants and five did, next year, yeah. and you got instantaneous results, they also realize they, Dave Gettleman has tried to clean up what was invested in those three guys. That's right, yeah. So yeah. I don't think they want to repeat what I, happened. And I, I feel that with the hiring of Joe Judge... And just the way that this team has seen what has gone on in the past four years, there's going to be a big huddle upstairs about what's going to go on. Free agency going forward, how we're going to draft, how much time we're going to give Joe Judge and his staff. You know, I think that just from what we hear and see, you got to have a lot of confidence in that things are going to be done the right way going forward. Maybe not this year, but, you know, and and I mean, it's going to be done the right way. But, you know, is that going to equate to wins right away? But listen, they're talking about another playoff team this year, you know, possibly having a two, two more. If it or, goes to seven teams, yeah, in each conference. So, you know, there's a chance to get in the playoffs for some teams that are just on the cusp, you know. And I mean, if you look at the way the Giants could have won some games, um, this NFC East was up for grabs for a while. Um, so that's kind of a good thing. Another thing, a lot of stuff happening with the NFL and, you know, the CBA and, you know, expansion of playoffs and roster sizes and things like that. And guess what? You can always watch our show here because we'll figure it out. Right, Lance? Because you're up on this stuff. We will absolutely try our hardest to be well-read up on that information. But it's a fluid situation, to your point, Jeff, because every day it seems as if the conversation is changing. Let's head back to the line. Scott is in New Mexico. He joins us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Scott? Hi, Scotty. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Doing all right, Scott. What's on your mind? I'm enjoying the conversation, but if you look at the stats from last year, I don't know why the fascination is, and maybe it's irking me a little bit, why the concentration is to try to get an offensive lineman. I, I, Lance, I think you put it aptly. With all following the Dallas uh, example, how many Super Bowls have they gotten into with that great offensive line? You need to have a defense. If you look at the stats, Points per game, the Giants gave up 30. Uh, they were 30th. Passing yards allowed, they were 28th. Turnovers, they were 29th. The only thing they excelled in a little bit was in rushing because they were able to stop the run. But unless you can do the other vehicles, uh, I don't see why the investment, why everyone's in this uh, uh, frenzy to get another offensive lineman. I thought uh, experience is the best teacher. I mentioned it on another show. Uh, I was looking at players like Anthony Costanzo and Brandon Sheriff in free agency as a, as possibilities for the Giants to get to stabilize the line, as they did with Kevin Zeidler. I think the concentration has to be on defense because none of the teams that made the playoffs 
made it without a good defense. Yeah. And that's where your you need balance. deficiencies are. Yeah, you need balance and in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. I agree it. with you. Absolutely. And, but if you don't start with defense, if you can't stop the other team, you're going nowhere. And I don't want to see another season where we're investing a lot of draft capital again, and then we go nowhere again, which we've done for the past four years. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So it's a pet peeve of mine when we have this concentration. Of, and I realize that a player like Cedric Wills is, a, is an excellent player, there's no doubt, uh, or Mackay Becton or any of those. But that's not where your concentration has to be if you want to make the playoffs. You well, need somebody to be able to... to, to to be able to put a defense together that can actually function well. And that's not what, what seems to be happening with the Giants and where the concentration Scott, is. Let, let me ask you a question because, you know, you know sure. I'm, you are, I am on the offensive side here. So, I, you know, this is where I want to go. Are you comfortable? Sure. Okay, and this is what I want to ask you. Are you comfortable sure. at right tackle? Okay, where Remmers is a journeyman. He's, he's a young guy. He's not real, real old, but in Nick Gates. Okay, you have center the center position where you have a guy your starter is coming off an Achilles injury with no backup right. behind him, and then you well, have you a do left have Spencer Pulley. Yes, well, I'm saying a, a proven yeah. a proven guy that you feel that is a, is a day one starter, and then on the left side right. you've got Nate Solder who probably had his worst season of pro last year. How can you say well, that you're not worried about the offensive line? Well, let me tell you why I may not be worried. Nick Gates played very well. Nate Solder could be moved to the right side. I think you suggested it, Jeff. I do. As a Absolutely. But that's because I want to draft a left tackle. Right. But experience is, is what you really need on the offensive line because you still have Will Hernandez who's going into his third year. And Zeitler is solid. So your real key is how two of the positions you're talking about, center and offensive left tackle, can be addressed with more experienced players. And there's a plethora of those that are going to come out in free agency. It's a question of whether you want to invest the draft capital to do that because, excuse me, the the money to do it, because if you do, then you stabilize that offensive line. The Giants actually, even with um, uh, Saquon Barkley being hurt, I think they were in the top echelon of rushing. Their real problem is, and it's partly Daniel Jones' fault, is he held the ball a lot, so obviously the offensive line couldn't hold as long as they wanted to. But there were extenuating circumstances. With Solder, you know he's going through some personal issues, and hopefully he'll have a better season next year. But do have avenues to address it. And again, I think the concentration has to be on defense. But I don't want to get uh, too bogged down in it. I'm just saying that that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Where listen. You, you really could, need to be. People have their opinions, and I think you make a good one. Sure. I re- I think it's a good point. I really do, and it's a matter of opinion. I I honestly, sure. I just I just worry about spending that type of money for a free agent left tackle. In my opinion, you're going to have to pay a lot of money for one of these guys. Um, yeah, they don't come cheap. It would be worth it, Jeff, if you did, and that guy was there for four years, <laughs> and yes, and that guy made you into a much better unit, and you don't have to invest in draft capital that you're going to have to train for the position. I mean, these players, Zach Martin, they still had to learn the position, even though they were great. I don't see a Quentin Nelson coming out of the draft this year where he was literally a plug-and-play player. All of the people we're talking about, uh, Jedrick Wills played on the right side to protect Tua because he was a left-handed quarterback, so they they want to put him at left tackle. And he hadn't played the position for, for a while. So you understand why he was the right tackle, but... Can he play the left tackle? So he's going to have to be trained. I'd rather have people that can do it 
immediately and function well and there's yeah. less to worry yeah. okay. about with that. Well, so and that's like the benefit of bringing in a veteran free agent, and we'll, yeah. leave, thanks, we'll leave it at that, Scott. Uh, thanks so much for the phone call. Well, it's, all, it's what you and I talked about. You know, there's no substitute for experience, right? So, you know, you, you can say that, you know, I'm worried about drafting a guy in the first round because, you know what, he might be a bust like Eric Flowers, okay? But then I want to get a free agent guy who has experience, and that's what I'm going to pay for. And you know what? Two years into it, he blows out his Achilles, and he's done for the career. Yeah, there's you no guarantee. Know. Okay, oh, so of course. I it, honestly, we can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face. It doesn't matter what we think. It's what they matter. It matters upstairs and their priorities that they're going to put in the positions. And it's basically the new coaching staff has told uh, Dave Gettleman, these are what I think of my guys. My my seven or eight offensive linemen, you can have you can have five of them. I'll keep three of them or whatever. But that's what's happening up there, and that's they're gonna they're gonna build their philosophy around that, and we're gonna see sooner or later <laughs> where it goes. And I don't know. I've, uh, if you want to you want to take a poll, um, if it's gonna be free agency is gonna be on the offense or the defensive side, go ahead. I think it would probably be right straight down the middle, fifty fifty. Let's head back to the lines. Chris is in Pennsylvania. He joins us here Chris. on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Chris? Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? We yep. hear you loud and clear. Yep. Perfect. How you guys doing today? Good. Doing right. What's Good. on your mind? Fantastic. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the draft and free agency. I know we're beating a dead horse here. And the ultimate answer is we don't know what they're doing upstairs. I get that. But it's yes. fun to talk about since there's yeah. no football. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, – just comment about re- like referring to need uh lance i think you made a great point when you said like if, if i have two guys graded high on my board and i look and i say well you know what i need a defensive guy so i'm going with him i just wanted to make a comment uh and 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 receive some dialogue what you guys think like so say the board is have the highest grade on a defensive tackle obviously not a place the giants need so you end up going with the offensive lineman so to speak right I don't think that's drafting out a need, so right? Like it's just like we don't we need an offensive line. We need we need defensive guys too. But you know what I mean? I think I, I guess what I'm saying is I echo Lance's sentiment by saying uh, the reason that the Giants lost the most games last year was not because the offense didn't produce points, even with that suspect offensive line, as as Jeff was alluding to a, a oh. little earlier a minute ago but mainly because the defense was giving up as many points as the offense was scoring. I mean, Danny Dimes had a lot of good games last year. Even he had some fumbles, too. I get that. But I think it was the defense that uh, was giving up just as many points as the Giants were scoring. And so <laughs> yeah. what do you guys think about that? Well, you, you, look, at, you look at games, and, and we'll let you continue. I go back to that Tampa Bay game, Daniel Jones's first contest. You know, people right. forget yeah. – you know, that long pass downfield to set up what should have been a chip shot for Tampa Bay if yeah. Bruce Arians didn't take that penalty. You know, who's to say the Giants walk away with a win in that game? I yeah. mean, we, we could sit here and play the coulda, woulda, shoulda game, but that's an example of a game that you just referenced, Chris, where the Giants put 32 points on the board, and that may not have been enough to actually walk away with a win. That's so right. that's why I keep going back to defense. Sure. And it makes sense. It does. Yeah. Uh, my- that was my that's that's my point too. I hope that came across as clear. It seems like yeah, it did. It, did. Yeah, it absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. And that, that happened more than just, I mean, like that happened more than just once. They the Giants were scoring thirty points, thirty points, and defense was giving it right back. So, um, so also uh, as alluded to the draft. Before I move on to free agency, so with the second pick, like we we know uh, that they picked four, and then I think thirty six. Is that right? Yes. I believe so. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay. Like, who do you guys think is a good, like, what, what position is good uh, or that's going to be death? Or, or where do you guys go? Like, if it was your board, and uh, let's say, Lance, I know, I know we, we, we're of the same mind, so to speak, here. Like, if Isaiah Simmons is there at four, right, like a defensive guy, like, we're, okay, that's probably the guy. But then at 36, where do you go then? Like, so that's, that's my my last draft question before I move to one free agency question. But what do well, you guys think? Well, you know what, 36? Chris, while we have you, real quickly, what's your last question? Only because we want to try to squeeze in as many callers. So yeah. give us the second question, and we'll answer both. Perfect. And then free agency, what do you think about Everson Griffin? I've seen that. I've seen a report that he was denying his contract or opting out of it in, in uh, the Vikings. I don't know how old he is. Uh, and what do you guys think about the Giants going after him? And I'll take that off the air. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for the phone call, Chris. I, I would take him if he's not a lot of, you know, he's not going to ask for $25 million a year. Griffin's I mean, 32, by the way. I mean, I, exactly. I mean, but, um, listen, th- as far as the 36 pick, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of really good receivers in this draft. Okay, I'm I'm okay with drafting another receiver. I really am. I think that's a need uh, that this team is gonna, as far as from a depth perception, because I'm worried. I'm worried about that receiver position as far as healthy goes. I mean, Golden Tate is not a spring chicken. Uh, Sterling Shepard has concussion problems. You got Darius Slayton, who's his, a young guy. You just hope that he continues in his sophomore Very year. Very promising, though. Um, you know, and you got some other guys behind him. But did, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Wo- it doesn't just excite me that whole position. I would love to see a, a some guy in the second round in that position. There, there's a lot of them. There's going to be a good one. So, um, but listen, it just all depends on the first pick. If it's offense, and I think we need to get a defensive guy in the, with the second pick. Yeah, I think you go in a variety of different yeah. directions, uh, as you mentioned. I never think there's a wrong direction there's to go, not. especially without knowing what the board looks like. But I will say this. This is the type of draft where, depending on what the Giants do in free agency, if you took a pass rusher in the first round, I don't think you're hurting yourself if you bring in another pass rusher in the second round. For example, okay. Jeff, the yeah. Colts, Scott, our first caller, brought up Quentin Nelson. The same year that they drafted Nelson, they, they had- also drafted Braden Smith, who was another offensive lineman in Indianapolis. So Indianapolis said, yeah, Andrew Luck has been getting his you-know-what beating up. We need help. So they didn't just say, all right, Nelson's going to solve all our issues. Okay. They then came back around, and in the second round, they took another offensive lineman. And oh, by the way, you know they had another second-round pick, which helped them get Darius Leonard, which well, was you know, certainly yeah, a nice selection. Machine. Yes. So, yeah, I see where you're going here. But that's my point. My point is just because you go one way in the first round does not rule out going back in that direction in the yeah. second round, assuming your board matches up with that. Assuming that you didn't address that in free agency. Correct. Yeah. And we don't know. We're having this hypothetical conversation without free agency. Everson Griffin, I think, is a very strong player. He's got a really good track record. He had some off-the-field issues, but that seems to be straightened up. The thing is, though, he came into the league in 2010. He's 32. You could bring him in, but you can't expect him to be that four to five year player that's going to no, solidify no, your defense. He's going to be a one, one, two year guy. Yeah, so you still need to answer the long term build around guy. So he could be sort of the I, I didn't glue realize, I, in your I didn't room. realize he was thirty two. I take that. Yeah, I'm he gonna, could be. No, I, but I'm in agreement with you, Jeff. I'd, I'd entertain him. Well, listen, he certainly he's a has a track record worth entertaining. Um, I would entertain him, but I think you just have to be realistic that the Giants also, they don't want to just bring in a guy like Marcus Golden and rent him for a year. You want to bring in a guy and then know, all right, for the next four years, he could be our guy. Sure. I don't know if Griffin gives you that long-term answer because of where he is at this stage in his career. Plus, he may not want to sign a long-term deal, right? Because well, he may want to keep the window opened 
to get another deal if he all of a sudden has another career year, just yeah, like Golden did. But it's hard at 32, even a four-year deal, you're going to be 36 years old. I mean, that, 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 and that's... Meaning the likelihood of a team even giving you exactly, that is yeah. 100% yeah. right, Jeff. Yeah. Very yeah. slim. All yeah. right, let's head back to the phone lines. We got Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, what's happening? Hi, Len. Quickly, hey, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How, how right, you Len? doing? Hey, th- this, is, this is not an understatement, but and I think this conversation today confirms it. We got a lot of holes. <laughs> Holy! Yeah, <God. laughs> yeah Jeff, I think you're right. Jeff, <laughs> you could go anywhere. Jeff, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go, Jeff. Wide, wide receiver. Mm. We got two. We got two twos, a three, and a five. Mm-hmm. Where's the one? Where's the four? And I'm gonna. You, you alluded to this earlier, Jeff. We finished the season. We finished last season with nine offensive linemen on our 53. I forecast, or predict, I should say, only four of those guys will be on this year's 53. Okay. I mean, I mean, there's just there's, there's holes all over the place, uh, you know. Um, hey, I'm with the, you. Uh, corner, corner. Let me let me say something about corner. And Okuda, I I, I like Okuda for a couple of reasons. He one, he's good. <laughs> yeah, but secondly, I like that size. Jeff, we're too small at corner. Yeah. Well, ah, I don't know. I mean, if you're athletic and you got some ups, I mean, does it matter? Really? Well, let me uh, let me let me just uh, I'm going to say something here. I you can spend the time the time trying to confirm this, but I suggest you not do this. I'm <laughs> going to guess there's going to be 35 uh cornerbacks at the combine. I I really don't know how many. I'm just guessing now. 35 <laughs> cornerbacks at the combine. Okay. Um I will I will predict that no more than two of those guys will weigh less than 180 pounds. You can't play regularly in this league at that weight, Jeff. Not at that position. No. Uh, we're just the you know the the, uh, the um, website's got Beal at 177 with bad shoulders, and we got Baker at 180. Valentine better be ready to play because he's going to get to play. I don't. I just don't think you can get through an NFL season at that, at 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 that size at at cornerback. Uh, one one thing on the CBA. Going to be seventeen now soon. <laughs> Going to add another yeah. game in there. So. Yeah. 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 And and you, you know I'm um, on 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 the CBA. I'm I'm all for uh, adding a team to the playoffs. I like that. But I'm from the old school. If it ain't broke. Um, just you know, keep it where it is. Yeah, I'm with you. And and just one point, one point that hasn't been brought up in any discussions, not just on the show, but even in the in the papers, um, and on the sports talk uh, shows, um, which this is. Parody, oh, go ahead. <laughs> the the effect on parity. You know, uh, you keep three. You let the top ten teams keep three more players, and they're stockpiling. They're stockpiling. And the bottom ten don't have access to a bunch of guys who are probably better than guys they're keeping. I don't think the roster needs. I don't think the roster should be increased. I think you stay at sixteen games. You want to stay at fifty-three? Okay. You know the bottom line. You can. You we we play with thirty-five to thirty-eight guys. 
I mean, don't we? Well, you're talking about I, over I mean, the two court. Quarterbacks, two, two quarterbacks don't get on the field. Yeah, yeah. but but that but Only like anything else. Back. I mean, but Len. Up, when you add it up, we're, we're playing with 35 to Well, Len, guys. Len, I understand yeah. your point that you may not play the 46 guys that have a uniform. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But you also right. can't predict injuries. All it takes is three guys to go down during the course of a game, and now you need the rest of the active rosters. So you know, it's like insurance in life, okay? You have car insurance, yeah. right? Yeah. You have yeah. house yeah. insurance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're I not paying it you. because you hope that you're going to use it. It's if something, yeah. God forbid, happens. It's, it's the same thing with the roster. Listen, hard to argue with that, Lance. You're absolutely yeah. right. But, the, but, again, the bottom line is we're not using that whole roster. I, I think you stay at 53. I think it affects parity. Those top ten teams are stockpiling players. Well, Len, I, I listen. know it's the bottom of the roster, but if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and, and it's just a two-person increase on the roster, let's just say it's two people on the roster, that's, that's 62 players who you don't have access to on that, on that last cut. And some of those guys are going to be better than what you've got. I think it's a. I mean, you it's, a it's a fair the, point. The strength it's, of the it, league is the, the strength of the league is parity. That's that's really all I'm trying to protect. And Len, I'm completely with you. I think you bring up a good point. We'll let you go on that note only because we're running okay, out of time thanks. here. Have but do appreciate weekend, the phone call. You, you as well. I think Len brings up a really good point, Jeff. The parity, I think, is the strength of the NFL. I'm a big believer in it. And, you know, just my own personal opinion, I'm not very fond of this increase in postseason because I actually don't think it's broken like Len. I actually yeah. really like it. I like the fact that it's difficult to make the playoffs. I like the fact that about 38% of the NFL teams make the postseason, which if you look at the other professional ranks, I mean, that's pretty much the lowest yeah. number. Well, so I, mean, you, you I have look- no problem with the current thing. But like anything else, economics... No question. And money in life dictates yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that I think is a big part of the conversation. And the players players love it. They're gonna you know, it gives them a chance to make some extra money. Of course. Okay. Um the other thing I like about I've been hearing all this kind of stuff, guys, and you know, just I've been a part of the league for so long, so many CBAs that come through it. You know, those guys that sit out the first week of a buy, they don't get paid. You know that. They're not getting paid to sit. This new CBA is gonna pay those guys that get buys. That makes sense to me. That, you know, I, I'm a big believer in things got to make sense. If I did really good and I don't get to play the first weekend because I did so well, I get to buy. That's worth something, right? But I'd like to make a little extra money for doing that. Of course. So, yeah. Should but, be a bonus. But that there is no bonus. They're sitting there, get to practice for a week and watch the other guys play, right. which, by the way, the, the playoff money, everybody makes the same. Is there, you know, if you make $15 million or $20 million a year, you're, you're still making the same as the long snapper that guy for playoffs so that's just the way it is so I'm a big believer in that too no I think another great point meaning it's distributed equally in terms it's of distributed the equally money but you if you're to. one of those teams that they're going to go to the two extra teams they're going to give one conference a buy for the best record those two those two teams are not going to get paid for that first weekend of a buy because they're not playing yeah they're saying they're going to now so they're going to get a check just like everybody else is playing. So they, now the pie gets divided up with a correct. few more teams is that's what you're correct. saying. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of conversation that's going to impact the NFL across the board. But I do agree with whether or not this will have an impact on parity because we always have a conversation about how difficult it is, Jeff, to find a starting quarterback right in the NFL. You could argue there's not 32 starting quarterbacks. Teams want to upgrade. So if it's impossible with 32 teams right now to find starting quarterbacks just now apply that logic to trying to find a fourth defensive lineman a third linebacker if the depth is not there because yeah. you're now adding more roster spots you're taking well, away you're from taking the substance away 61 of the pool. other guys that you can't 
pool from. Correct. Meaning when it comes down to cut down day, the pool is not as attractive as it was under the old. In fact, you might have just as just saying it, you you might have all all 61 of those guys on your you can't get, you know, you got to go to 63. Yeah. Which means now the caliber of the talent that you're turning to is lesser than you have no access to the other guys. It's a great point. It is a great point. Yeah, it's a good point. Absolutely. And that I'm sure is going to be what we may ultimately see once it comes to the regular season. Big Blue Kickoff Live brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain Cold Refreshment made to chill. Certainly appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thanks to the callers. We'll try to address some tweets off the air. We're going to have a special edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Monday. Two very special guests who have giant ties that Jeff and I will have an opportunity to chat with. So tune in for that on Monday. Then the rest of the week, all of these shows will come from the Combine in Indianapolis. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy your rest of your Friday as well as the weekend. And always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.